I'm Saya. I'm Sid. And welcome to our very first episode of our podcast, Social Justice Warriors. Now, we have a lot planned for you, but we're just going to go ahead and talk. So, how are you, Sydney? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> today, I found out that my favorite tea brand, Celestial um, Seasonings, is that bitch. Like, they really took the precaution and just took the extra step for their customers. And by that, I mean they put a chapstick that is the flavor of my favorite tea peach in the box. Oh, wow. And I'm just over-the-top happy. I've been applying this, like, every two or three minutes. Um, and I'm just a happy girl. How about you? <laughs> uh, it's funny that you mentioned your favorite um, kind of tea is peach. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorite, too. But right. um, other than that, I let's say I'm managing because oh. school is back. Senior year, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, senior year is the easiest year. They lied. It was all a lie. I've been deceived. But um, <laughs> you know what? I'm managing my time a lot better in this year than in past years. So it's stressful, but I'm learning to manage. Right. But that's all besides the point. We just wanted to, you know. Fill y'all in a little bit. Y'all are our friends. Um, it's kind of like uh, sucking the talking. life out of your senior year, too. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is, because I blame Hollywood. Where mm-hmm. Everyone says, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be so much Zoe 101. This is giving Degrassi. Enough the wheelchair. Oh, Drake. Not Drake. Drake. Jimmy. Oh, no. Not Drake. Um, Slim I was really, dip. really excited. I was really, really excited. But you know what? It's better than getting COVID. It really so. is. Yeah, but um, anyways, let's get into let's get into the meat of this episode. <laughs> if you're a vegan, let's get into this tofu. Let's, let's get, get into, into the this. soybean. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, so we are talking about Black Lives Matter, ACAB, Blue Lives Matter, and All Lives Matter. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and pass on to you, Sydney. I think I want to start off with the um, All Lives Matter movement and just kind of dissect like how important it is and just establishing why this movement is so dangerous and how counteractive it is towards not only your life, but my life as well. Like there's people really out here. I just have to sit back and think there's people really out here yeah. that are against me being a citizen of this country, me being alive, period, me being, you know, able to walk the same streets as them, buy the same products as them, make my own money. It's just, it all ties together down that uh, that line of coming up from slavery to the, um, throughout the Civil War, throughout, um, the 1950s and just like segregation, like all of this, all of the, the 400 years of oppression. And it just keeps, it's just add, yeah, adding on and building up and building up. up. And I, I just want to know when the volcano erupts, but <laughs> yeah. That's, right. What do you think about that? Um, in regards to, I'm going to bring up the fire, you, the fireman analogy I told you. Yes. When in regards to black lives matter versus all lives matter, oftentimes mm-hmm. When I find someone who supports All Lives Matter, I explain it to them like this. 
Say you right. live in a nice little town in the middle of suburbia somewhere. You know, you got these nice houses. You worked hard for this house. It was a right. struggle. It was a struggle. You didn't come from much, but you made something of yourself, and you're in this and you're in this nice little town. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, your house catches on fire. What do you do? You're like, oh my gosh, I need help. So you call the fire department. You call the mm-hmm. firemen. They roll into your town and all of your neighbors come outside and they're like, what's happening? You're like, my house is on fire. I need help. Like, can you, can you mm-hmm. help me? Can you make the road clear for them? And they're like, why does your house need help? Aren't our houses important too? Our houses matter. Mm-hmm. You say, of course your houses matter. Of course your houses are important. I would not want your house to be on fire. But unfortunately, mine is. So I'm kind of in the one who needs help right now. I'm in right. a position of needing help. And they say, no. We want the firemen to check our houses, too. And you're like, well, your houses are obviously not on fire. I need help. Well, all that's going down. Your house continues to burn, and eventually it just burns down. It's the same thing. It's the same Right. Black Lives Matter is not saying only Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. more, or Black Lives Matter as opposed to other lives. It is just saying all lives matter. Of course, all lives have intrinsic value and matter. Mm -hmm. We're not protesting that. What we are protesting is that there is a disparity within the killings. Uh, when you look at the demographic, black and brown people are killed more by police and other authority figures. It's just that. And we are just asking for help. We're not saying that your life doesn't matter or that you're not important. We would hate for anyone else to be in this position. Right. I would. If, if, the, if the role was flipped and whites got enslaved, I would be in the White Lives Matter protest. In an alternate mm-hmm. universe, I would be in the front of it, but unfortunately, we're the ones that got the short of an, short end of the stick. So we kind of need some help. We do, yes. and to add on to your analogy that you um gave about the houses on fire, I think that you also have to establish that the people who are screaming "All Lives Matter" or "Blue Lives Matter," they are the ones that quote-unquote in this analogy have the fire retardant um, elements within their home. They are they have been protected yes. from these fires. They have all types of advantages that truly give them no possible route to the fire, a.k.a. oppression. Um, mm-hmm. And just the disadvantages that come along with it. But speaking of blue lives... Uh-huh. Do not exist. <laughs> Don't exist. Um, At all. I, I want to hear your opinion on that as well. Uh, so, here we go. This is how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Blue Lives Matter does not need a movement. Not you having blue lights being, right now. Oh, I do. Y'all can't see, but I have like blue lights. You know those TikTok oh lights. Y'all know, the, y'all know the vibes. <laughs> y'all know the vibes. Y'all know the vibes. Um, <laughs> Blue Lives Matter does not need a, or they don't need an organization. Mm-hmm. Because like All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter was made to counteract and take away from the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's intrinsically against Black lives. Like, mm-hmm. in, by definition, no one said police officers don't matter. No one said their lives don't matter. In fact, sure, you want to put your life on the line? cool do it dude i like yeah sure more power to you but blue is a choice your skin color is not i'm say i'm a police officer 
once I take that uniform off, I'm just a black man. Mm-hmm. So say I'm speeding like maybe two miles over the limit. I get pulled mm-hmm. over and I try to show him that I'm a cop. I'm he's doing something wrong, and I'm trying to say, hey, I'm a cop. I know that you're doing something wrong. He's not going to. It hear does it. not he's matter. Shoot me because he's going to see me reaching for something. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't matter. You can take off and put on that uniform whenever it is convenient to you. You're a blue life from nine to five, but you're yeah. a black person or a person of color. 365, 24-7. Yep. Yes. It's like, I, you can take it off, put it on whenever you want. I can't mm-hmm. just flip a switch in my blackness turns off and on. <laughs> a milestone electric. <laughs> well, I can't do that. I, I, <laughs> trust me, I could have avoided so much trouble if that was a possibility. But, the third grade trauma. I can't. Right? Oh my gosh. Let me... Mm. That's that's a whole nother episode, y'all. <laughs> Elementary school is like a series of episodes. But yeah, that's how I feel about Blue Lives Matter. I don't know if you have something different or around the same. Just piggybacking off of what you said, like in what I said, um, you're not you're not being forced to be a police officer. You're not seen as a police officer outside of mm-hmm like outside of your own body I guess in a sense yes when I look at you I see a black man before I see police officer and that's not even something I feel like I can change within my thinking I think that's just how society has made um, everyone aware we're forced to Mm -hmm. and just on top of that I can't um, stress enough the importance of just recognizing that black people do not have a choice to be black. You can bleach your skin. You can, you know, I guess manipulate how you look. But at the end of the day, you're still black. Exactly. And you're seen as a, as a threat. You're seen as dangerous. And it's been that way for as long as (laughs) I've been born. Plus (laughs) me. <laughs> plus a few centuries and yes. such but which I've always said is weird I this is not I don't care if it's a hot topic it's our podcast but um <laughs> so I, I find it funny how we were seen as the savages right us Native American anyone that wasn't white was a savage honestly pretty much but it's really funny to me because the reason that slaves were brought over here was to work and then they were going to eat the slaves. Like you wanted lazy. <laughs> like lazy. They call us lazy and savages. Yet they brought us over here to work because they were dying in the winter, and then they were going to eat us. There is literally a book on how to cook slaves. Like let's. I don't even want to think about that. We were the savages, yet they did that. They were the ones that enslaved millions of people and treated them like trash. But we are the savages. And it's really funny to me because they made this book also during the time of like abolition saying mm-hmm. if we let the sl- if we let the slaves free, they're gonna eat us. Who's the one doing the cannibalization? Cause the delectable Negro says otherwise. It says like <laughs> y'all are eating. It says y'all are eating us. Not with mashed potatoes, just I I better be lucky. Um... <laughs> y'all better be lucky we only turn in the favor or something. Like 
the irony is uncanny. Um, it really is. Truly, I just don't understand I, it. <laughs> so, do you want to get into this upcoming election? Um, I don't think that we need to talk about the T word, but um, mm. we can get into what you think will happen and what you expect to happen and just overall how you feel about um, Biden's choice as running mate, as his running mate and everything. So here's what I think will happen. Mm -hmm. I truly, truly think Annoying Orange will win again. And here's why. He is literally taking mailboxes off of the street the USPS is literally saying, like, please stop taking the mailbox off the street. And he said, it gives me a better chance of winning. And his followers are like the three blind mice. I'm like, y'all are always protesting big government. Republicans mm-hmm. hate big government. Y'all, y'all are watching Trump turn into a fascist. Voter suppression. Suppression of freedom of speech and protesting. He's doing mm-hmm. all of these. Those are roads to fascism. Those are roads to fascism. There is a list called roads to of like roads to fascism. He's done about what? Three or four of them? Voter suppression. Mm-hmm. He's not letting us protest. He's limiting free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shutting down certain private organizations and giving it all to the government. Like he took press away, as well. Mm-hmm. He took us out of the World Health Organization. He's suppressing the press. All the COVID data goes to only him now. I'm like, that's literally fascism. Republicans, y'all are watching it go down and they're so worried about the Antifa organization, which Antifa isn't even an organization. Antifa means anti-fascist, which means little government. Shouldn't y'all love that? Anyways, that just shows hypocrisy. <laughs> but, right. no, I really think he's going to win. I, As much as I, well, I don't like Biden. I really do hate both of them. But he, I feel like Biden's a more competent choice. I don't want to die of COVID. And Trump looks like he's leading us down that road. Down that road. As far as his running mate, I'm really excited because, you know, a black woman. Why wouldn't I be excited? I love her. And I was, I keep calling her Kamala, but it's Kamala. Yeah. Excuse me. It's Kamala Harris. And I, um, I think like a few weeks ago, I went to a Black Girls Rock 2020, um, like a two-day conference. And she was one of the speakers there. And she was just really wow. excited to see what Biden was going to choose. And she just said that, like... She was speaking to, was it 50 girls? 50 of the girls that were in the conference during that seminar. She just told us anything is possible. And if you want to be the change, you have to be the change. <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. say it. You, you have to get up and do the work. And mm-hmm. Watch, like be an active part. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only way things get done in this country is people being an she's active part. So many, mm-hmm. She's breaking so many. She's breaking so many. Breaking history as the first Asian American woman, as the first black woman, as the first woman, as a vice president. Like, there's just. This is the closest a woman has ever been to the Oval Office Mm -hmm. in the history of the United States. Well, I mean, no, the first ladies don't count. That's too easy. First ladies (laughs) don't count. They don't count. Uh. Um, But yeah, I. She's breaking a lot of boundaries, and I'm really excited. And a lot of people are like, I am oh, too. Kamala doesn't something with weed, but it's like, 
I saw this thing, and they were debunking a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. She has a high conviction rate, but her actual punishments are significantly less than almost every other prosecutor. Right. Like, she has to do her job, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. But she lets she gets people not on felonies, but on misdemeanors, which means they can still be a part of, like, the voting process. They can still get certain jobs. So she's actually, like... Right. Doing doing good. I just I don't know. I don't know at this point. I just want America to stop electing these same old boring white men. And I just heard uh, that Bernie is re-entering the race, and I'm just a little I'm a little concerned. I hope he doesn't. It's, it's one thing for I am in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> like acknowledging Kanye as a positive reinforcement for voting. I'm just saying Mr. Kanye East it's a joke to a lot of kids in our generation Mm -hmm. but when you sit down and you really think about what this man is doing and the damage that he's going to cause if people take him seriously we are done for and I mean, we I are just... done for. Okay, but I think, if I remember correctly, um, he can't actually be on the ballot. He can run, but he can't be on the ballot. Because it was too late. I'm pretty sure he, like, missed the cutoff line. Mm-hmm. But Bernie, she it was AOC, she nominated Bernie Sanders just to, like, basically spite um, Joe Biden. (laughs) And um, I... uh, How should I put this? I I love Bernie. Bernie is my first choice. If we could have Mm -hmm. anyone, it would be Bernie and AOC is his vice, but she couldn't do it, so I'd say... I don't know. I don't know who I'd want his vice. Um, But here's what I think. If Bernie re-enters, that's going to split the Democratic vote. Mm-hmm. Which will just go to Trump. I think we should really just be voting for Biden. Because Bernie's name is going to be on there, but we kind of have to vote for Biden. Like, we kind of have to. Truly, we have to. No one said he's the best choice. No, because he's not. But... Between a 75-year-old man with dementia versus <laughs> versus Biden, a former vice president who's helped and contributed running a country before, he's the most competent. And yeah. all those remarks that he's made about, what was that um, I saw on CNN where he said, he said, unlike African-Americans, the Hispanic and Latino community is very open-minded right that was and i was just sitting there like you you didn't need to bring us biden is very into this i don't know why america loves these old racist rapey misogynistic white men i'm just saying like when when referencing segregation he said he didn't want his children growing up in a racial jungle he said i think 
um, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Uh, oh, come on. Shut up. Shut up, Biden. Shut up. It's like, um, you know that clip of Miss New York, Miss Tiffany Pollard, where she's like, she's obviously a very beautiful woman, but when she opens her mouth, it's like dirt. That's how I feel about Joe Biden. It's like you're obviously a better oh candidate, but when you open your mouth, it's dirt. It's Shut up. Just close your mouth. <laughs> I don't. I can't stand when that man talks because he just digs himself into a deeper hole. It's, I feel like this is how Trump supporters feel because Trump's the same way. I feel like this is how they He's feel. the same way. He's the same way. But who? <laughs> they are like digging themselves. It's just a race to see who can hit bedrock at this point. I hate it here. I think I'm more scared of... Um what Trump is what Trump's team is capable of not so much what he says in press conferences or what he tweets more so what his team has in store Mm -hmm. for Americans and I just I don't know his team knows what they're doing a few months ago and even now a few months ago and even now I still felt like there was some kind of attempted genocide in the pro in the process, and I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have so much anxiety um, <laughs> going out, and the chances of me bumping into a Karen or what is it, Karen or Kevin? <laughs> right. They're so much greater now because I'm just gonna be honest: racist white people are getting a lot more bold. And not even just white people. Racist people, period, are getting a lot more bold. He, like, feeds into their power. Exactly. He feeds into their power. And I've told you this. I'd rather people be bold with their racism, honestly. Yeah. Just call me an ooh, ah, ah, chimpanzee, monkey, spake wet back to my face. (laughs) Because... I agree. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I... You know, I'm double my triple minority actually, so I really get the worst of all of it. You um, better speak. I, was it a fried chicken I, taco? I, yes, that was my favorite. I, I can't. Just high. I got called a fried chicken taco. That was pretty uh-huh. fun. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, I'd rather people be like open and honest about the racism towards me. It's like, let me know, right? So I can know to steer clear from you. Just be like, hey, don't come near me. Don't come near me, you monkey, you coon, watermelon chumming. I don't know. Just something. Say something so I know not to go around you. <laughs> like, that's Because when I'm... Harry Styles said watermelon sugar hot, I flinched. I really did. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> that was, oof. Anyways, um, yeah. I just prefer them to be bold about it. And they are getting bold with Trump. Which is another thing, because I often see Republicans say, how can we be racist when the Democrats started the KKK? Yeah, you're right. The Democrats did used to be the people who wanted to keep people in slavery. You're right. But as reparations, what did Democrats do? Become the more progressive party for liberation of minorities and Mm -hmm. other targeted groups. What do Republicans do? Start waving the Confederate flag and now have the KKK. (laughs) Like... 
Do like, you, <laughs> you see the progress? It's like, we went forward and y'all went back. I, and then they try to say, oh, the party switch never happened. The Democrats are still the racist ones. Shut up. No, yes, the party switch did happen. Party switch very much did happen. Because my Lincoln didn't say nothing. I thought Lincoln said something. <laughs> oh, let's not get into Lincoln. That man. You've been lied to, basically. That's... You've been lied to. Lincoln was not this hero. Lincoln wrote in his journal, hmm, I really don't care about these slaves, but if I want to get this war over, I have to let them be free. He was like, if oh I my could... God. He said, if I did not know literally, that. Literally, I'm paraphrasing, but this is very close to what he said. He said, if mm. I could end this war freeing some slaves, I would do it. If I could end this war freeing no slaves, I would do it. If I could end this war freeing all slaves, I would do it. My job is to keep the Union intact. And since he saw the North was winning and he wanted to give more support to the North, he was like, mm, yeah, I guess we'll free them. And let me get into this. The Emancipation Proclamation only freed the slaves and only made slavery illegal within the rebellious states, which means the border states that had already given up, which accounted for two to three million slaves, still had slavery long after the Emancipation Proclamation. Not to mention, slavery still didn't end because it took news a long time to get around and they didn't let black people read. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it took a long time for the Emancipation. It didn't, it wasn't just like January 1st, Lincoln signed this and it was like, boop, we're done. No. It's like, you've been lied to. He said, I'm not doing it for the Negroes. I'm doing it for me. <laughs> he I'm did. doing it. He said, I, <laughs> it was not about him. It was not about oh my us. Gosh. It was about him. That's why I read somewhere that he had slaves to begin with. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know Thomas Jefferson had slaves. You know, oh he gosh. said, all men are created equal, Miss Sally. Oh, Lord. I founding fathers. That's a whole nother episode with the founding fathers. There's something else. Oh my goodness. I can't even I get can't. into them though now. <laughs> we are not. I will not. I won't. That's crazy. But yeah, it's it's, it's getting real out here. The racism. It really is. Like the racism renaissance. <laughs> not the racism like, renaissance. It is. Because <laughs> his uncle's like rebirth of all these old ideas. It's like people are just like, shoot, can we not can bring segregation back? Right? Gosh. I'm still waiting on my mule in 40 acres. Like, what was that they said? As reparations, they said we're going to give all black people a mule and some, a- and some acres of land. And, Baby, like, don't nobody want that tobacco. It's right up. Couple people, some <laughs> land. And by giving them land, they only made them work on the land again. It was. Oh my God. Anyways. Not the sharecropping. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. I'm going to have flashbacks. I'm going to have flashbacks. Not the sharecropping. Oh my gosh. So, in. Uh, in light of the All Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter, um, you know, being brought to everyone's attention again while we're in quarantine and while everyone's in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of wanted to get into how many relationships um, have yeah. been destroyed based off of the unwillingness to say Black Lives Matter. 
Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know, like, have you had throughout your time um, from like March when we first started quarantine with, uh, you know, Maud Arbery in February and Breonna Taylor and Rayshard Brooks and George Floyd, like throughout March till now, how many relationships do you think have been dismantled because of the lack of, I guess, sympathy, comments that have been made, just anything really? Um, I can say for me, I've lost a couple of friends. I definitely have because I remember when all this was going on, I was very, very vocal about it. And um, I came from a school that was very conservative. If anyone is listening from the school, I may be talking about you. I may not. Who knows? Um, but I came from a school that was very conservative. And oftentimes, me being very left-leaning, it aggravates them a lot. I remember I got into this argument during Trump's, uh, when he was getting impeached, but that's all another thing. I have lost a couple of friends over this when I was posting about it, and they were like, oh, but what about um, this five-year-old that's been murdered? And I was like, yeah, that's tragic, but he wasn't murdered based off of the color of his skin. What happened to him is tragic, but his killers already got justice served to them, and it wasn't racially, it wasn't a racially charged murder. Well, I was like, do you see the difference? And they posted on their story, All Lives Matter, and I was like, um, I, I didn't immediately get angry, but I was like, all right, let me, let me use this chance to educate. I send them my thing about the firehouse, I send them how the All Lives Matter movement was made to protest the Black Lives Matter movement, and then they were like, oh, no, all they're doing is rioting and looting and gripe. Mm, I don't know what he was saying, but he was just basically talking about the rioting and the looting. So I brought, him, I brought it up to him. I was like, well, actually, the police have been shown to be the ones who started putting buildings on fire and started rioting and looting. And I was like, even if, you shouldn't have any problems rioting and looting. It says Patriot in your bio. So let's go over some history real quick. Um, let's go to the colonists. What did they do when they wanted freedom? They started throwing tea into the ocean. They started feathering British soldiers. They started pouring boiling tar on them, boiling tea. They would make parties to kill them. They would just capture them and torture them. They were were burning stuff down. We aren't really having parties to kidnap and torture people. We aren't feathering and tarring people. The KKK is. Yeah, not like the KKK is, but we aren't. Right. I just can't, that's a whole other thing about Trump banning Antifa and TikTok, but not the KKK. That's besides the point, even though they're a domestic terrorist group. But I was explaining to him, I was like, you praise the colonists for doing this every July 4th. And to be honest, we probably have a better reason to be writing and looting. Because the colonists said no taxation without representation. That's fair. But Britain literally could not get all of their dominions to be fairly represented. So they're like, we're just going to go ahead and make an executive decision here. They got mad. They protested. I'm not really... Honestly, I wish they would take us back because we're not doing too good managing ourselves right now. But um, that's besides the point. So I explained to him, I was like, do you see how hypocritical you sound? He proceeded to say, oh, well, that was to form a great nation and lead to something. All you want is to defeat 
is to kill police officers and like make black people higher in society. And I said, no, we just want to not get killed for the color of our skin. I really don't think that I was like, this isn't even like, I was like, you're making people's lives political right now. And I also came from a Christian school. I was like, it's really interesting to me because you're seeming to forget. um, What is it? I think it's Matthew 14 or 15, but it's the parable of the lost sheep. I'm pretty sure if you're Christian, you've heard this about the shepherd and he has 100 sheep and one goes missing. He leaves all 99 to find one. The 99 say, but don't we matter to you? And he said, of course we matter. But one of mine was lost, so I had to go find him. Y'all are okay. So I left y'all to go find the one. It's the same principle. A certain demographic of society is being targeted unfairly. This other demographic of society is fine. Let's point our attention to this demographic that is being targeted and help them. And uh, he replied back and was like, oh, no, you're taking that verse out of context. And I was like, I, I'm not, though. I'm, I'm really not. I just got done reading Matthew, actually. <laughs> I was like, I truly am not. So he blocked me after. <laughs> that was the first one, and it just kept on after that. I've, I've been blocked by maybe five people now. So I've lost about five friends. I've had others who originally were ignorant in their stance and have come over to my point of view. And that's good. But I've, yeah, I've lost some people that I've known since single digits. So it's it's real out here. This is like dividing people. It's really dividing people over something that's not even that political. It's like, it's not even that political. It's just... (laughs) people matter it, it, it shouldn't be dividing people i saw this meme that uh, was like <laughs> if you don't agree with black lives matter if you don't agree with all lives matter just yep. say no lives matter and let's just end it right here and i'm like what it was oh, just like that you. emo boy that emo no boy lives matter. stance i can't i the thing with all lives matter people is like if you believe all lives matter, then Black Lives Matter shouldn't offend you because Black people are humans. We are alive, whether you believe it or not. I still feel, which I didn't sometimes, but um, yeah, it just it don't make any sense to me the um malfunction within the brain of not just meaning that Black Lives Matter. I don't really understand, but um. I know you've lost some people. I don't know if you want to share that story or not, though. I'm going to make it very brief because this person lives very close <laughs> to me, and I <laughs> I don't want to risk anything. Um, I just don't feel that. If you cannot say Black Lives Matter with your whole chest, defund the police defund ICE um, mm-hmm. kind of de- I think in all because I don't want to say this incorrect way I just think in all if you believe in any kind of movement or system that tears down people of color that you consider 
politically correct. If you think that all lives matter is genuinely, you genuinely believe that all lives matter means we're all equal. There is no such thing as systematic oppression. You guys aren't oppressed. You're just, you know, making stuff up. If you genuinely believe that, you can go ahead and just stop associating with anyone who looks like what you're opposing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because you are continually surrounding yourself with Blacks, Hispanics, and Latinos, Asians, Pacific Islanders, like, you're, you're, etc. You're surrounding yourself with people who are being put down by systems established long ago and that we are fighting to get removed and reconstructed. And you mm-hmm. can you want to call them friends, but you won't fight for their lives and their yep. freedom. I don't understand that. So I'm not going to call out names, but overall, just hearing questionable things. And then when I bring it up, um, this person wants to get defensive. I'll call her. Uh, I'll call her <laughs> Vazwater. <laughs> so Miss Vazwater over the past few months, has said some questionable things to me that made me um, consider, made me reconsider whether or not I need to associate with her as a friend, as a classmate, as someone outside of school, as a teammate. Overall, just do I need to have my name attached to your being personally? And it's shocking because I've known this person not since I was a single digit like you have but since I was in sixth or seventh grade and it just it hurts to know that she can say these things and mean these things and still consider me a friend or a sister but in fact you and your family won't fight for my life or my freedom and if I were to be killed or harmed by a police officer tomorrow you would not have that same energy. Yeah. And that is just very, very eye-opening and almost made me want to drop all my friends that are not of color, but that is not fair to them. Yeah. And that's not, that's not even fair to myself. I can't assume that every white person um, thinks like that or acts like that. It's just very... It's hard. Very, it kind of shook me up. It really is hard. It's almost a defense mechanism. It's not that black people that were racist we tend to not want to associate with people of the race because we're scared it's a fear thing right it's a thing of mm-hmm. oh i've been told my whole life that these people do not want me here and i've experienced mm-hmm. it myself so i'm going to i'm going to steer clear of that it's mm-hmm. a fear and it's a survival tactic oftentimes when that is when someone is white and steering clear of people of other race they don't have a reason to be scared unless it's false news by the media of all blacks are criminals or all Hispanics do drugs and sell drugs. It's, mm-hmm. it's rarely a defense mechanism of generational trauma, as with blacks and other, and other minorities. It's generational trauma. You want to talk about like, childhood trauma as a black oh, kid? Oh, yes. Childhood yes, trauma let's... as a black kid. Having your hair touched <sighs> during school by... Oh, my Lord. Little kids um, getting on someone. like Cartoon Network or Disney and only seeing white characters, only reading mm-hmm. books that pertain to white characters, only having characteristics on boards that pertain to white characters. Oh, we have straight and we have wavy hair. Oh, okay, what about 4C, 3A, 
um, 4B, any of the above, a mixture, different colors. It's not just blonde and red hair. There's black and brown and different shades of hair, colors mm-hmm. of skin. And when it's not acknowledged at an early age, you you start to think, oh, I'm not white because I'm treated differently and I don't have the same characteristics as my as my teacher has described all kids do. And to, yeah. for an example, my little cousin, um, she loves princesses. I was never really big on like Barbie dolls or anything, but she just loves the idea of princesses and castles and just being in that fantasy land. And um, her mom right now is engaged. My cousin is engaged and um, she's just very excited to see her mom in a wedding dress and everything. And so when I talked to her, a four-year-old, I talked to her about what she thinks her mom will look like getting married. She tells me, oh, she's going to have a white dress. She's going to have a crown. She's going to have heels on. And she's going to have blonde hair and blue eyes. And she's going to have pink lipstick. And I'm like, hold on. What do you mean? Your mom is black. 100% Negro. She is over the top. Black American, African American, however she sees her in her eyes. And she thinks that being happily married, being a mother, being a feminine figure, you have to be blonde hair and blue eyes. And that really made me sad, not so much angry, but sad because my mom didn't allow me to do that. I was always reading books with black characters. I have like the black Rapunzel, black Cinderella books. Like I I was Mm -hmm. never surrounded with that white standard, but it's just really sad to know that that is what my little cousin has instilled within herself and her parents allow it. And she's biracial. She's an Asian American. Exactly. Her father is Sri Lankan and her mother is a black American. Oh, wow. And she has hair all the way down to her butt. And she knows she's only like, what, two feet? (laughs) Not even two feet. Um, And she doesn't know that there are different colors of people. All she watches is Barbie. All she has is white Barbie dolls. She watches um, kid shows that only pertain to white characters. And she doesn't like being called black or brown. She doesn't like having brown hair. hair. It's just like whitewashing. And I can just see it. And I just don't want to be 20 years old and have her be, what, 11 or 12 and just see her... see her hate herself because she did not have enough represent, uh, representation when she was little and when she was yeah. growing up. She needs to learn how to love herself. And I it's just sad, but I don't know how to... <laughs> exactly. I understand everything you're saying. It's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was younger, this is just like a preface. My hair, for some reason, my hair texture has changed so much about my hair. I don't know if it's with being mixed. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But when I was younger, I had really super, like, thick, 4C hair. Right. I had an afro. And walking into this white class, which I wasn't the only black person. There was a, um, another, there was two other black girls. Mm-hmm. There was another black boy. But he had shorter hair. And I'm um, keep their names private for privacy. But, um... We all, except for one, had very ethnic names. And mm-hmm. walking into class, no one could pronounce my name, which I'm not angry. It's five-year-olds. I don't expect them to pronounce my name, right? 
even at that age, I got used to people not pronouncing my name right or just not even trying to pronounce it at all. So I walk into class and immediately, what do I get? Can I touch your hair? Your hair looks so foreign. <laughs> and people would just not. Foreign? No, people wouldn't even ask me. They would just come up and put their fingers in my hair. I am not a pet. Oh. I'm not a dog. I'm not a toy. You you can't do that. And I got in trouble because I threw someone one time, which, like, yeah, shouldn't have done that. But I was like, I got tired of people. Oh. You all just flock and, like, like put dig their fingers into my hair. And also, I had, I had really, really, really bad OCD. So I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want your fingers in my hair. I don't know where your fingers have been. I don't know what you're doing. I was like, get your, it, it just, it was an overwhelming feeling. I got the fried chicken taco. I got, um, do you, do you know your dad? Oh, hold on. <laughs> First of all, my dad is the Hispanic one. And I was like, it's really funny that y'all instantaneously think that my dad is black. Um, what else? I got the, if there was ever a school play, there would be like, oh, well, you can't play anyone because there's no one that looks like you in it. Right. We did a Bible play and I got Moses. <laughs> because, That's the water. <laughs> because Moses is the only one that like is talked about being black. Which is like, yeah, but I didn't try out for Moses. I tried out for Gabriel and then gave it to the principal son. Oh so gosh. it's like I, I didn't try out for Moses. You're I still telling killed me people that originated so. in the Middle East or white. I I'm never sorry, got that's the just... white Jesus representation. I never, ever, 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 ever understood it. I don't get the white Jesus representation because Jesus isn't white. Jesus is talking about being bronze. In the Bible, it says he's bronze with hair like wool. Hair like wool and hair of wool, which means probably white hair that is it's not in the one or twos. That's some three and four. That, you know that's that. all I gotta say about that. I that's just all can't. I gotta it's say like about that. <laughs> I can't. what else? I got so many. I got oh my gosh, when Obama was becoming president, like you only like him because he's like you. And I was like, well, yeah, because it's cool to see representation. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, y'all don't understand, but it's cool to see representation of people that are like me. Thank God I wasn't going there when Trump was becoming president. Oh, my Lord. I would have um, probably gotten hate crimes or something. Hate crimes? Oh, my Lord. I know all of them support Trump. It's so bad. Except for one. Shout out Ava. You the realist. She's so cool now. Um, <laughs> but no. So, yeah, I understand. It's, like, hard. It's really, really hard. The childhood trauma that engraves in your head to kind of want to steer clear of people that aren't minorities. Mm-hmm. Even certain that minorities. Because was... there's the whole model minority myth. Yep. It's like, obviously, and it's even worse because I don't fit into the stereotype of mm-hmm. either of my races. So even my own race, I get, oh, well, you can't be black and Hispanic. And it's like, I'm being ostracized by my own races. It's like, I, I was like, I couldn't win. Because I got told that I thought I was better than people because I was light-skinned or I didn't speak in bonics. And I was like, I, this is just how I talk. I was like, I can't really, 
that's just how I talk. Mm-hmm. I've always talked. I've always been a person who talked very formally and always wanted mm-hmm. to look very formal. And so, no, I wasn't accepted by my own races. Not to mention that my dad didn't teach me Spanish because he didn't want me to suffer like him. Whatever, dad. Anyways. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I got called Nino Freso by my Hispanic counterparts. And I was like, I just can't win. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> so that's like, it's just trauma on trauma with that. But as far as racially, it was just the whole thing. I couldn't. It, uh, obviously, I'm better at it. And as you grow, you find people who are obviously more mature mm-hmm. and accepting. So I'm obviously growing out of it. But yeah, it's a hard thing. It's why I didn't really have friends. That's why I had to switch out of school, out of the school I was in. Wow. It was like a total ostracization. And it's not like I was the only black or Hispanic one there, but this, the other Hispanic kid was super-duper whitewashed and knew how to speak Spanish but wouldn't speak Spanish. Act like he was dumb in Spanish class. Spanish class. And Spanish class. There we go. See, they're um, good at English. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just... And honestly, I used to be mad at him. But looking back, I kind of don't blame him. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was doing it for survival. I truly feel like he was doing it for for survival. So yeah, that's just. And even hearing the... about like your dad, you saying mm-hmm. your dad not teaching you Spanish. I saw this thing <laughs> on Instagram earlier, like I think sometime this week, and it said, "You're really gonna let someone who can only speak one language bully you because you're bilingual?" And it's just like having yeah. that conviction with another culture chef's kiss like how can you how can you make someone feel bad Bad. about being that diverse and like having that ability to know two languages at once right babe you can't even do geometry don't come at me like that Uh uh-uh right Uh -uh. It it makes zero sense as to why people are like that and now like I've learned more Spanish but it's still hard because I feel like a part of me is almost missing right even going to Costa Rica it's like I don't feel I feel at home there but I'm like I don't feel as I don't feel like I belong here I don't feel like I belong here to other people because I'm this person with curly hair like Mm -hmm. what's the highest hair there maybe like 2B and I'm over here with my 3C hair, and it's like, they, are, they aren't they are used to this. Not On top of that, I don't speak, like, I'm not super-duper fluent. I can get around and I can survive, but I'm not super-duper fluent. And so it's just a horrible, horrible feeling of ostracization, but like I said, I'm getting over it now. That's just, just part of our growth, especially, like, in this generation when people are begging doing everything in their power, getting plastic surgery, uh, <laughs> trying to learn AA, uh, A, is it AAVE? AAVE, uh, yes. And Ebonics and trying to get perms to curl their hair to look <laughs> like they're something that they're not. And it's just right? kind of, like it's we're honestly the ones that amazing to, put on to me to be able to sit down 
exactly it's amazing to me to be able to sit down and just genuinely analyze in this point in history black women were criticized for the hair black men were criticized for uh, for their different features and stuff mm-hmm. and you fast forward and i know like you know social progress it's inevitable at the same time Y'all are really on your knees, banging on our doorsteps, trying to get us to tell you the code of how to be black. And I honestly can't even tell you. I'm just here. I'm, I'm just right. <laughs> with I'm chilling, like honestly. With box braids. I'm like, y'all real. Mm. And that's why I also have no respect for the Kardashian family. But that is really going to be a whole other episode by itself. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot wait. More of the story. If you are not black, <laughs> you don't have. Let's say three. I'll let the three A's in. Three A's to four C hair. Our mm-hmm. braids, African braid styles, such as braid styles, Bantu braids, God's braids, are not for your hair. Protective style. Rip out your hair. Not only will they rip out the hair from your scalp, you don't understand the cultural mm-hmm. significance. Little history for you. Our braids are so important because we would hide grains and gold and other seeds in there where we were being taken mm-hmm. from our homeland so that we could have some form of wealth. Period. Like, you don't. No, it's not for you. It's not for you. You do not understand. It's like, sure, look dumb if you want to, anyways. But, we're trying to wrap it up. I want the aesthetic of being black, but not the smoke of being black. Does that make sense? Y'all want the looks, but not the problems that come with being. And it's just like, the fact that majority of our generation has, has, even has the option to pretend to be something that they're not and still retract to their original state and not suffer consequences, that is beyond me personally. Yeah. But go ahead and wrap up. So let's talk we were... about the last thing we have. That's mm-hmm. ACAB. Defunding the police. Here's how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, ACAB. You know why? Because police officers were made off of the fugitive slave patrol. Mm-hmm. So we can't really expect a system that was broken in its foundation to ever work. No. Is every cop intrinsically a bastard or bad? Obviously not. But they work for a bastardized system that preys on minorities and other people who are disadvantaged. And mm-hmm. this is very obvious when you look at any type of statistics of who's killed. And you may say, oh, well, more white people are killed than black people by the police. But unfortunately... Black people aren't 13% of the population. So you're killing more of our population. You may be That's killing that basic people, algebra. But you're killing you. more of our population. It's called ex- mm-hmm. it's an exponential thing. <laughs> it's algebra. <laughs> statistics. Algebra. It's very, very obvious. <laughs> Not economic. So my thing is, I obviously know you're not bad, but it's the silence. You are being submit. You say you're a good cop and you are aware of all these things that are happening but you're not speaking up then that makes you part of the problem and Silent, to be honest there are no there's no such thing as a good cop because in the end they always get found out for standing up for right, people right. Being, they get mm-hmm. fired and fired half of, like, half of the police force in America was in this like underground like KKK group on Facebook or something it was like right. 40% of the cops in the U.S. I'm like, <laughs> oh my lord. Uh, I just can't. I hate it here. But no, so it's like, the way I explained it like, was this. 
Say you know people, let's say your family or friends who sell drugs. You mm-hmm. yourself do not sell drugs, but you're still letting them sell drugs. You would be charged with obstructing justice. You would still go to jail. Because yeah. you knew what was happening and you didn't say anything. Exactly. It's like, do something. And that's why I say ACAP, because I'm like, it's a bastardized system in its foundation. I, we can't expect it to work. We cannot. This is why when I say defund the police, it's more about a reallocation of where the funds go. Police, mm-hmm. we spend, we waste so much money. And it's like, look at, let's look at Camden, New Jersey. Camden, New Jersey defunded their police and cut crime in half mm-hmm. by investing in social workers and other independent um, organizations that were trained for specific um, incidents. You look at Sweden, one of the most, or Switzerland, the most peaceful place in the world does not have a centralized police force like the U.S. It is about reallocating the funds to social workers and to people who are trained to de-escalate situations. Unfortunately, police officers, police officers are not trained for that. I honestly, honestly, if we just reform the police, I'm fine with that. If we just reform it and let and give more social work and de-escalation training and training on how to deal with certain things, we do better background checks and actually serve justice towards police. I wouldn't be for defunding the police. If we just reformed, you cannot I'm expect someone. You cannot expect someone with six months of training to be able to <laughs> complete, like efficiently implement the law. It takes longer to become a hairstylist. Lawyers go. <laughs> Lawyers go to law school for eight plus years, and you expect six months of training with minimum a GED. Yes. Give them a gun, give them a badge, and tell them, hey, go protect these people. Do what you need to do. And the Supreme Court even ruled by law cops don't have to serve and protect. Which means it's like, why are we paying them? (laughs) Isn't Isn't their whole oath to serve and protect? Right. And the Supreme Court said, well, technically, they don't have to. It's like, no, this needs reform or this needs defunding, period. Because obviously it's not working. We've had a couple, I think, 200 years now to see that this ain't working. Mm-hmm. It was working for a while, but then, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was never working. Let me catch myself. It was never working. Works for white people, but not for us. The justice system is just so inherently corrupt that it needs some sort of reformation or defunding. And that's just that's just pretty much that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything different. No, I agree. And I also kind of um, wanted to mention, like, I have some kind of emotion. I'm not sure if it's sympathy, but it's some emotion directed towards the military officials and the police officers that are working um, and have to experience that racism in the workplace. Because I know it isn't easy, and I know that we've even discussed that you being a police officer is a choice, being black, brown. Can't really choose. Yeah. Being a person of color is not a choice, but being a police officer is. So when you identify as both and when you're a black man and when you choose to put on that uniform, I just wonder how, how they feel in their mind on the job 
Um, does this contradict what you stand for? You can be a Black Lives Matter activist or a supporter and still be a police officer, but what what are you really? What's the message, basically? Exactly. What is the message? And honestly, a lot of the reason I saw this interesting statistic. A lot of the reason that a lot of minorities end up going to either the military or the um, police force is out of a they have no choice. Mm-hmm. We are inherently less likely to succeed within the U.S. because of systems put in place, and we're being forced to live in low-income neighborhoods for most of our mm-hmm. life. Yes, and you can't say, Mr. Ben Shapiro, oh, I people want to stay in the ghetto. No, it's just that up until the 1980s, y'all controlled where we lived. <laughs> it's like we we... I forgot what it's called. I'll find it in another episode if we make decide to make an episode about it. But there's basically the same mm-hmm. where they gave housing grants to black people, but they put it in these horrible, horrible neighborhoods. And we, instead of just sulking about it, did the best with it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really just, it's really just that. It's not that we want to go into these positions. It's just, I can't afford to go to college. I just finished high school and I need to support myself. So what's the easiest course of action here? And oftentimes and my it's mom, the military or the police. My mom served um, in the, the Navy. So did my uncle. Wow. They're, they're twins, actually. <laughs> they both huh. served in the Navy. And um, she's always very open with me about why she chose to go into the Navy. And, you know, does she regret any of the choices that she made? Um, and I just think that it really was a last resort when you don't have those resources available to you to get a good education and to progress in life. And you have these different, these minimal, minimal opportunities. You have to take what you can. Yes. And that is exactly what they did. Survival. And I always think about that. And, you know, with me going to college within the next year, I always just think like, maybe it's time for both of us to invest in getting a college degree. She might not want, know what she wants to do yet. He might not know what he wants to do yet. But you still have time, and I'm here to help you find the resources. And it's just that's that same breaking the, the generational poverty and ignorance and just getting better as a people. But Same with my grandma. My grandma, my grandma was a Marine. Ooh. So basically how I used to work. <laughs> is your parents had to sign off on where you go to college and her mom wanted her to go somewhere that she didn't want to. So Mm -hmm. my grandma, she said I was skinny as a pencil. She decided, I'm just going to walk off and I'm going to join the Marines. And my grandma said they shipped us off to this island off the coast of South Carolina. She was like, it was always 110 or hotter. And she was like, out of 100 girls, only 20 graduated and I was top of my class. And my grandma did what she had to do. Mm-hmm. She went into the Marines. They paid for her college. My grandma got sent in court, into Cornell and Columbia. My oh, grandma wow. got big brain. She is so smart and she is so powerful. She, I, it's pretty sure you can find it on the on some national res, like website. She was the one leading Lyndon B. Johnson's funeral. She led a president's oh, wow. funeral. A black woman, <laughs> like she was, she was leading it. She, it was all about what she had to do. Same with my aunt. I had an aunt that went into army. She was a linguistic. She knows Spanish, French, Russian, German, Arabic. She 
because she was smart. She had a natural affinity for languages and she had to do what she had to do. So she joined the army. She was at the battle in Kosovo in um, Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Like it was all about what, what had to be done. It was not we want to, it's about what had to be done. Mind you, Ma, Ma, she's just as cool too. She's a polyglot black Muslim. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> she's she's just as cool. She's it's, the movement. What it's about is just about its necessity. Yeah. Not many black and brown people really, really grow up saying, I want to be a police officer or I want to go into the military because it's just not, it, like, our parents oftentimes do not like police officers or the military. It's just what we need to do. It's what we have to do. Because the military pays, the military itself doesn't pay well, but it gives you things that are, like, benefits. They pay for your college. It's just incentives. Mm-hmm. And that's what what in many times what we need. I pray to God that I never have to never ever have to be in that position. And right. my parents have made it to where I wouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's genuinely how I feel about that. I agree. I almost kind of view it as like a life or death type of situation. Not if we went into the military to make it out and to, you know, do better as a, as the death part of that situation, but more so as you and I and a lot of kids, especially of color in this generation, we have the resources to make it and to make it big and I just think that we need to focus on making the world what we want it to be. Because I'm just saying, if we make it past 2020, (laughs) if we make it past 2020, we have to start thinking about our future. And we're going to be the people who are running for president. And we're going to be the ones running for Senate and and Congress. And just, we're going to be those people in those chairs. And we have to make sure that we are prepared and educated and create a society, a better society, and just improve among how we communicate with each other and just overall making sure our kids and the kids that come after us are just in a better position because this transition, that transition from like the 90s to the 2000s, early 2000s, that was rough and we're not about to do that, so... Yeah, well, I just, very yeah. successful first episode, guys. Thank mm-hmm. you for tuning in to our first episode. And we are definitely going to come very back with excited. more. Bye, everyone. Bye. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much Parents ain't around enough Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar Too many white lies and white lines Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends